Hello and welcome to a special bonus midweek installment of WGTC Radio, the official podcast of entertainment website We Got This Covered. I'm Jonathan Lack. And I'm Sean Chapman. We are here today to respond to a major, crazy, fucking nuts piece of gaming news. Yeah. Because I feel like we just have to talk about it, and we'll get to it in a second. The theme song, but because this is just one of those extra podcasts where there's a big piece of news, we gotta cover it. No real song that fits. Yeah. So, I'm playing Persona 3 right now. You guys know we love Persona 4. Yes. You know love Sean loves Persona 3. I'm finally playing it. It's fucking great. Maybe we'll talk about it. playing the soulless, bastardized, portable version of the game. It's not soulless. That's unfair. It's fucking soulless. I've seen the way that game ends. I've seen the way the normal game ends. Soulless. Okay, I... Soulless. I still got to meet Igus and find out just how cool she is. You know nothing of Igus. Don't you come in here and start talking about Igus. I mean, I don't know much about her yet, but you know, I meet the robot girl, I put her in my party, she kicks fucking ass in battle. Holy crap, she starts like five levels higher than everyone. Oh, it's great. Apparently you were really underleveled then. I don't think I am. I'm I'm overleveled. She was was not five five levels higher than me when I got her. Okay, this is completely off topic. Yes, it is. All right. We are here today to respond to a special episode. This is, we will be just talking about this one news item um, for two reasons. One, because it's it's very current and it feels like it's we should just talk about it ASAP, get, yeah. it, get it out there. And then next week we're going to be talking most likely about The Last of Us. That'll probably be a nice full podcast. And there'll be a couple other little things. So, you know, the, split it up a little here. Yeah. Um, so, Sean... Yesterday, I I want to know how you learned about this news, for instance. So I went okay. online. I yeah. went online yesterday. Just I make my round through websites. Went to IGN. Thirty minutes ago, I think I had been on IGN. There was nothing new. Mm-hmm. Go to IGN. I'm just you know just hanging out, and it suddenly says Microsoft reverses policies or something like that, and I'm like, what? This is a joke. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. And I go in and I look, and it's like, oh, so everything people hated about the Xbox One or most everything, yeah. they're Backflipping on, mm-hmm. and we'll get into the details in a minute here. But so, Sean, how did you experience that news, and what was your reaction? I mean, for me, it was kind of interesting because I'm obviously like a lot deeper into the sort of the video game stuff than you are. So I actually like how this story got broke was on GiantBomb.com. Patrick Klepek, who's sort of their like news reporter type dude, he he's the one who broke the story like a couple of hours before Microsoft actually confirmed it. So I went on to GiantBomb.com, and he had a story that saying basically, like, Microsoft, like, rumored to pull or expected to pull, like, the uh, online policy stuff later today. I looked at the article, and it's like, and part of GiantBomb.com is that you, like, they have a very personalized style, so you really come to, like, know and trust the people, like, the main editors and people working there. So it's like, I was like... This seems fucking insane, and, like, it seems like if any other website put this story up before Microsoft confirmed anything, I would think that the person was a goddamn lunatic, but on GiantBomb.com, I'll fucking believe anything, because, like, I trust those motherfuckers, so it's, like, just, like, sitting there for, like, a couple of hours, just, like, looking around, like, seeing every single other website, then picked it up, and was, like, was picking up that rumor, and then... Like, a couple of hours later, Microsoft posted on their website that immediately got just destroyed. Like, GiantBomb.com got destroyed by traffic, too. Yeah, I couldn't get on it all day yesterday. Everything just got, like... So, yeah, Microsoft confirmed, like, had all the stuff listed out on their, like, Xbox Wire, like, whatever it is. And, yeah, it's... They just reversed absolutely everything in terms of their online policy, and their DRM is gone. It's back to Xbox 360 style, just completely. 
and it's I've never I've never seen anything like this with anything ever. Like ever. I yeah, I can't think it of It is anything. so crazy to just do this complete reversal of policy before anything's even released is fucking mind blowing, especially coming from a, 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 like the gigantic corporation like Microsoft that did, like you, you just don't expect something like that from them. You expect them to just like hold their ground, like ch- like change their marketing strategy for it because that obviously was not working for them. But certainly not just complete do as like one of my favorite. You know, sometimes I love the internet, and it'd be usually I hate them. But here was the case: I love the internet, where it's like everyone just immediately jumped on the Xbox One Eighty joke. Yes, that's fantastic. I love that. Joke. Would, how great would it have been if they had announced, in addition to their policy changes, they were changing the name of the console to Xbox One Eighty? That'd, that'd be, be pretty, pretty. Yeah, that'd be great. I would love that. Yeah. So this is this is strange. I agree. I have not seen anything like this, and more than any. More than any qualitative opinion thing, which we'll get into later, yeah. I just, it's something I have trouble believing, again, because they were so adamant about these policies, not one week ago, at yeah. E3, and because it's just not, again, like you said, it's not something that happens. You don't yeah. see this happen. It's it's strange, and I guess the next place to go is, you know, on an overall level, what do you feel about this? What's your, like, qualitative reaction to this? I mean, that's like a... I don't know, like, there's a, I know, like, it doesn't particularly matter to me, because it doesn't, you know, the console is still $100 more, it still is forcing you to use Kinect, and it still does not allow, like, self-publishing for indies and that kind of stuff, so, and the exclusives still are not as interesting to me as the PlayStation 4, so, the PlayStation 4 is still, like, easily the better choice, but it's more like now the Xbox One is not offensive, so it's like, if I did get one in the future, I wouldn't feel bad about it in any way, but, yeah, like, it's... It's really weird. Like, it feels like, as I was trying to, I spent, like, all yesterday trying to sort of, like, figure out my own feelings on it, because you just did not expect this news to come out. It's like, it's like you're in a relationship, like, with a girlfriend, and, you know, Microsoft, you've been in a kind of long-standing relationship with her, and it was really great for a long time, but then she started getting kind of crazy, you know? Like, she absolutely had to call you once every single day. If she didn't, she would freak the fuck out. And if you were, like, at a friend's house, she'd have to call, like, every hour. And it was like, because she always thought you were cheating on her. Like, she never trusted you. It was cr- like, she never let you put your disc in her drive, you know? It was, like, it, the relationship became abusive. Like, she was spying on you, listening to you constantly, and it, yeah, like it was just, it was, it quickly became clear that it was going to be an abusive relationship. And then you met, meet this nice girl, Sony, that really seems like she cares about, about you and what you care about. She has the same interests as you. And so it's like, you, you know, you clearly you break up with Microsoft, you're going with Sony. And then all of a sudden Microsoft comes out and she's like, no, no, I swear. I'm sorry, baby. I'm not going to be like this anymore. It's like, I'll give you your space. I'll let you do what you want to do, like, come back, come back. It's like, no, because I don't believe you, because you you went fucking insane, and you you can't just then do a complete 180, because that makes you seem even more fucking crazy, right? Like, if all of a sudden you're saying, I'm going to be the perfect person in the world, I don't fucking believe you. I don't trust you. You have to, it kind of has to be a little more gradual for that than that. You can't just make this, like, com- say you're making this complete... 180, like, just completely changing your philosophy on everything, and expect me to trust you. You have to earn the trust that you've lost back. So, 
Sean, this is my favorite moment in the history of our podcast. Okay. That was the best analogy I think I've ever heard. Yeah. For anything. So thank you. I applaud you on that. Well, thank you. I, I feel very similar. I'm conflicted about this. Because on the one hand, I do, you know, I don't want to underplay this is this is good. This is they yeah. Are, like it is definitely, particularly if you're looking at it like a consumer rights point of view, it is it is a, a really good thing that Microsoft is not going with the dumb DRM bullshit. It means we know we have another at least one more generation of games where these things will continue. You know, we have yeah. these consumer rights. We can go buy a disc and own the game, and that's all good. But on the other hand, as you said in your analogy, it just feels disingenuous to a certain level. Yeah. Because it is it is just so clearly based in. You know, oh, clearly Sony people like what Sony's doing. Yeah. We're not going to make any money if we don't do this too. Let's do that. And at the, and they did their ideas were as you said so crazy and so dumb and so just tin headed or tin eared yeah. that it's really it's just kind of hard to fathom and and to consume this information. And I guess where my main point of confliction comes in is it is so crystal clear to me that the console was not designed for this set of policies. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, and, they're just able to say, "Hey, we're not doing any of this anymore," just like on a fucking whim, apparently. Yeah, and well, but at the same time, it feels like their original set of policies, some of them were more tailor fit to the console they're trying to introduce and stuff. Okay. So this feels like now the brand that they were trying to sell with the Xbox One is a little different, and I'm not entirely sure where they're going with some of these changes. Yeah, and then there's the issue. Like for me, here's a good example of it. It's like I feel like if they had said from the start, if they had no plans for the DR- DRM stuff and they knew they were discs were still going to be important, they would have had a faster Blu-ray drive in there or something so you could play them off the disc. Because like, that's what PS4 is doing. Yeah, like you're still going to... Install everything. Yeah, you have to you have to install the complete game now, but like how installing games works on the Xbox 360, you have to have the disc in there to run it. Yeah, and you still have to do that. And the discs... So, so still the discs are pretty much secondary and they're not all that important. This justifies the point of the optical drive a little bit more, but it still feels like such an afterthought. So it's just, that's an example of it just feels kind of awkward with this set of policies, because while I didn't like those old policies, I understood the context in which they were operating with the system they had introduced. Yeah. And, you know, I can understand why some people who were okay with this, I guess, didn't care about the consumer rights side of it, and liked the idea of everything being in the cloud, and and yeah. the family sharing program and stuff. I can understand why they might be a little disappointed or peeved off. I'm again. I'm not. I'm not. As as you said, I'm still on the the PlayStation Four side. That's the console I've got pre-ordered, and it's for reasons that have you know uh, way more to do. That there's there's a lot of other reasons that have nothing to do with the DRM. Yeah. As you said, uh, better exclusives, way better focus on indie games. I just think it's a more powerful console. Yeah, I like... It's some, cheaper. It's cheaper. That's a big one, obviously. Yeah, and I, I like PlayStation Plus as a service more than Xbox Live at this point. Yeah, that's a good So, point. you know, I feel like there's a lot of pluses there. and uh, PlayStation Pluses. But as you said, I, yeah, I, I would not feel sick to my stomach buying an Xbox One now, although the Kinect is still a big problem for me. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean... God knows if they had also announced they were kicking the Kinect out of the box and you didn't need to use it now and it was down to 400 like... Then we can have a conversation. <laughs> although, even then, like, this is sort of part of, like... I mean, ultimately, it's like, part of me is is glad that they're doing this just from, like, a consumer rights point of view. But part of me is also just kind of annoyed and angry for, like, a, Absolutely. For a multitude of reasons. Because, like, at the very least, like, what... And this is, like, something interesting where after this came out, like, I went on the Xbox One subreddit. Which I, like, never even thought to go there. But I was like, I realized, oh, hey, like... There is a group of people 
that over here like talking about caring about the Xbox One that are not me. Like, like I don't know any people who care about the Xbox One in my actual life. So I went in there and saw them talking about it and then realized it's like, okay, like some of these people were legitimately really excited about some of the stuff Microsoft was doing. And I understood why, because because we are inevitably headed to a, a future where like basically every single entertainment purchase is going to be digital. Like that's inevitable. It's going to go that way. Like we're not even close to being there yet. That's why Microsoft was dumb and pushing this now. Right. But in the future, like we are going to have to have this very serious discussion and conversation about about actual fucking DRM. Like, what rights do we have to the digital things we purchase? And we are going to have to have that conversation. And Microsoft, to their credit, was at least going to, like, kind of start it and give the consumer apparently some benefits. And one of the most tragic things about this whole they're not doing any of this stuff anymore is with the Xbox Live family sharing plan, because now we're never going to find out what the fuck that thing was. Yeah. And I'm so sad, because it was like... I. That thing sounded so crazy because they just, like, basically said, like, in a handful of interviews and then in their, like, initial release discussing all these policies, it was just, like, a brief fucking bullet point saying that you will be able to share your library with ten other family members. And then they said, like, family members is just, like, what that's just what they're calling it. Like, it could be fucking anybody. But they never went into detail about it, and that sounded so crazy because if you're going to do that... Like, of course, everyone would just create, like, this sort of, like, ring of, like, your, like, ten of your friends or whatever, and, like, one person would buy a game, and then everyone can play it, and so you'd get, like, one-tenth of the game purchases you otherwise would get with that policy. Like, that sounds even worse, because, you know, people would feel, like, would more prefer to do that than have to pirate, because, hey, like, you don't have this risk of, like, breaking a warranty or something. So that policy sounded ridiculous and would never be the way they said it was going to be. I wanted to know what the fuck it was going to be. And now we don't. And that's that's kind of sad. And for those people who are looking forward to that family sharing plan, who believed what Microsoft was telling them, even though there was no way it was going to work no. like that. But it's like, like now they don't get that. Or like whatever it could have been, you don't get this like interesting family sharing thing. And it, you don't get this future where you can buy the disc if you like don't want to have to, you know, to spend like an, a day downloading the game because you don't have great bandwidth. You could have bought the disc and install it, and then that way you can have your instant game switching if you wanted that feature without then having you know having to use all your bandwidth downloading games. And I can understand from like a specific point of view why that would be beneficial to you. Like there are, there are definitely some things with the Xbox One for specific groups of people that would have been better for them than like buying a PS4. And now the Xbox One is just making itself basically the PS4. Like it's not trying to, except for like it's with all the all the obvious like things reasons it's worse but then you had the point of like if they ditched the connect and made it a hundred dollars cheaper even then that's like that's less interesting to me like, I, I, I agree prefer, i'm just saying i would prefer the xbox one would have had its ridiculous policies so we would have had these two completely different machines doing completely different things making completely different arguments and have them be there out on the market at the same time and like actually see the fight happen as opposed to microsoft conceding most likely conceding because of pre-order numbers. Like, I have to imagine that's what it was, because they yeah. would not have done this without some sort of clear fiscal reason of, like, and we are losing money on pre-orders. Like, and we've I know, seen the Amazon shit. Right, we've been hearing the rumors, and I just, from anecdotally, I went to pre-order the PS4 as soon as I could. 
I barely got a launch day edition. For the Xbox One, I believe you still can go get your pre-order for a launch edition. Yeah, like it's... So, I mean, right now on Amazon, I think it's like the Xbox One is the top-selling like console pre-order, but there's like five of the other slots in the top ten or something like that are PS4 bundles. Right, there's a bunch of bundles coming out yeah. for the PS4. Like, yes, yeah, so you can still pre-order just fine an Xbox One console day one edition, whereas for the PlayStation 4, it is a... You, will, you can get pre-order what they call the standard edition... And you are not guaranteed to get it on launch day. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's... So, yeah, like, it's... Yeah, so, I, like, Microsoft clearly looked at that. That's the reason they made these decisions, because Sony kicked their fucking ass out of coming out of E3. And so now it's just like, well, now we... Now these machines are, like, that much closer to just being the same thing. And it's kind of sad. Like, obviously, I was not going to buy an Xbox One, but I would have been a lot happier to see competing philosophies in the market rather than this, well, these machines are, like, getting marginally, marginally just being the same fucking thing with different exclusives. I agree, and it's, and again, it just, it feels like, especially for the people who were okay with the ecosystem Xbox One was setting up, it's a little more awkward now, because it still feels like discs don't quite have, I don't understand quite what the purpose of an optical drive and discs are for the Xbox One. It still feels muddy. I mean, yeah, it's... It is to, like, give you your physical rights for it. Right. Like, it's not like... And it, so it's, yeah. less, it's less money than before. Because before what you got was an already downloaded copy, and then it became a drink coaster and you threw it away. Yeah, exactly. You just got a digital copy, effectively, yeah. that you didn't have to download. And, you know, that was kind of... There was no reason to have an optical drive at that point. Yeah. Now it's... There's still not a, a huge reason for it, but you have physical rights on it. That disc can't be taken from you by Microsoft. For I mean, I would say that is a huge reason. Like, okay. that's, that's reason enough. It's that's fine. the it's... same reason the PS4 has a fucking optical drive. Yeah, like, there's can... no other reason to have a fucking optical drive. I guess, but I mean, the ability... It doesn't run the game off the disc, but that doesn't really matter. No, but I still think, I mean, it's... I don't know. It's, it's an... Inter- I, I, again... The policies they had before made more sense with the system they were introducing yeah. holistically. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, because that's what they... That built clearly, they had that in mind for a very long time. Yes. And that did so, not work out for them. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. But it's, it's an interesting case. And <laughs> do we want to go in now and, and talk about the things they reversed point by point and just go over sure. those? Sure, so, so, I mean, the first big one, obviously, is, is discs and installation, as we've been saying. You, um... <clears throat> you you know the, the the way discs work now is you still have to install every disc based game because you know the big thing here to understand on the technical side is it's a two x speed Blu ray drive yeah. that cannot play games of that size just natively off of it so that's why you have to install it. The reason the PS4 can is its speed drive is six x. Yeah. So there's a simple little thing there, um, but you still have to install it. But like the Xbox 360 where you have the option to install games, you can you have to keep your disc in the drive if you're going to play it. So that's yeah. kind of that's how they know you you know own the game. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, that's pretty common sense. Yeah, it's it's so that's basically that. Um, and you can trade in, lend, resell, gift, and rent those disc based games just like you always would. No limitations. Uh, the rent is a big deal, I, a big thing to point out. I think just because yeah. they were setting, the, they were they had confirmed at E three somewhere that you know under their current policies there would be no renting of Xbox One games at the start. They just didn't. Yeah, have any yeah, like their original newsletters at the like bottom as a footnote was like, hey. You cannot, there's certainly no plans in, for, like, renting games, but we're looking at it for the future. Yeah. Like, and I, so, Gamefly, go fuck yourself. Well, and it's, it's, an, it's another interesting part of this, because yeah. I think renting is not a hugely significant part of the game market right now, but I imagine you wouldn't want to cut yourself out of it entirely, would you? Yeah, yeah, no, like, 
also you would not want to cut yourself entirely out of the used games market because GameStop and those dudes do like have your fucking advertising for you. So yeah, yeah. So they're just they're just discs. They work as discs do. Yeah. Uh, and then the other the other big thing. These are the two big things. There's a couple other little things, as I understand it. Yeah. But the big the other big thing is that internet connection is not required to play offline Xbox One games. So same as the PlayStation Four. Um, well, they, they said you do have to... There's going to be a day one patch, so you have to have at least it connected to the internet the first time you boot it up. It's yes. like, not like perfect, but what like, you know, people buying these machines can at least manage to get an internet connection once. Yeah, no, that's not unreasonable. And uh, and there was going to, and they, they confirmed, and I believe this, there was going to be a day one patch no matter what. That's well, how yeah, I mean, work. obviously, yeah. if it was going to be an always yeah. connected machine, yeah, who yeah. gives a shit if it was going to have patches? Right. So, but now that's not required. There used to be the the previous policy was a twenty four hour every twenty four hours you had to you had to check in at least once. Yeah. Now it does not have to do that. If you would never want to have it online again after that initial setup, you never do. Yeah. Um, obviously, for games that require internet, you do. For things that require internet, you do. But if you just want to play, you know, Bioshock Infinite or something, yeah. you don't need to have it online. Yeah. So it's hey. If you don't need to be connected to the internet, you don't need to be connected to the internet. If you have to be connected to the internet, you have to be connected to the internet. It's like... Common sense! Exactly. Like, I've always... Like, it's always just driven me insane people arguing about this online where there's like, well, it's, if it's an always connected machine, don't buy it. You know, if you don't have cell phone reception, you don't buy a cell phone. It's like, it's not equivalent. It would be like if you bought a cell phone, but you couldn't call someone because you couldn't connect to Wi-Fi. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. It's like, it's, if you have to be connected to the internet, you have to. If you don't, you don't. If, like, you're fucking just playing an offline game, the offline game shouldn't even fucking know whether or not you're connected to the internet. It shouldn't even need to be aware of that. It's two completely separate things, so... Yes, and... Hey, we're, getting, we're getting common sense and logic in the future for the Xbox One, so. And there are a lot of very simple common sense benefits to this kind of thing. For instance, let's say you want to bring your Xbox One to a hotel room. Exactly. Or on a vacation to a friend's house and you don't... Your friend, yeah, and to, like, your family's house and they live in the mountains and they don't get internet reception up there. Or to your, like, uncle's house and he doesn't know his Wi-Fi password and... Yeah. You know. Yeah. That has definitely happened to me before, bringing a system to, like, it's usually a portable system, but bringing a system to, like, a family member's house and I ask them what's the Wi-Fi password and they don't know what Wi-Fi or password is. And to be fair, you can never remember our Wi-Fi password, so... Uh, I can now because I have it in a, in a note on my phone. Then... I said remember. That's not remembering. <laughs> that doesn't fucking count. It's like, I don't remember the entirety of The Lord of the Rings, but I can go read it for you if I wanted to. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, this is, this, is, this is, I feel like, for an even bigger point, because that was just something they were so heavy on, was the internet connection Yeah, because it, it was like their whole fucking... It was their whole fucking over the consumer part of... We are we are creating this these systems in place because we do not trust you. That is why the twenty four hour online check in existed was to keep you from pirating games, to keep you from like I mean, obviously with the way they designed the system with how you could download games off of a disc and then like in that like side of it, they would need to authorize that with the online check in. Like that's why that was then like the the reason we're going to tell you it's in place is because the way they designed it, if you didn't have that, it would have, you could have just like handed that disc to everybody, and then they could have just downloaded it onto their machine. And if everyone was offline, Microsoft would never know. Hey, this one copy of the game is on like twenty five different machines, or is on ten different machines because our family sharing plan, well, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, like it's, but the like the real like realistic reason was because if you just look at it in the abstract, it's to keep you from pirating, it's to keep you from from like lending your games to your friends, it's to keep you from. 
like doing anything with your game that Microsoft does not 100% obviously approve of, and they're going to constantly check in on you to make sure you're not doing anything bad. Yeah, and we I don't saw... like you, and that's just going to punish you, because it's always going to fuck up. It's always fucked up in the past, it will always fuck up in the future, so hey, they're not doing it, so that's great. Yeah, and I, you know, I saw all the dumb Xbox fanboys over the last couple of weeks trying to defend the always online policy, being like, "But it's the future, and we'll get all these great benefits from it." And it's like, the no, future is a weird like corporations just don't trust their consumers at all and just spend all their effort fucking them over if that's what the future is because that's what the policy is. Yeah, and and the pol- again, yes, there are things they can do with the internet and sort of their. I, I don't know if this will ever work, but they're they're talking about the cloud computing and stuff side of it. Yeah, and. Yeah, they can if they want to still require that for games that may need to make use of it, they totally yeah. can. Just note on the box, you need internet to play the game. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem was not that side of it. The problem yeah. was that for no matter whatever you were doing, you had to have this. All, you could watch Blu-ray and DVD movies. Yes. Don't forget that. Okay. Yes, which so many other devices at this point do now. You cannot claim that as, you know. Yeah, but you didn't need to have to be connected to the internet to play Blu-ray and DVD movies. I know. It's always their little bullet point. Yes. They were, they were really proud of that one. So now you don't... They were proud they like made... It, but now you still can, so... They were proud they made the most expensive Blu-ray player on the market. Yeah. So in any case, yes. So that's gone. I'm also wondering if... Does this make you feel any better about the Kinect and privacy because you could just turn your fucking internet off and then the Kinect couldn't send shit out? I mean, yeah, but like... It, you're going to spend like a lot of time connecting to the internet with right. the fucking thing, so... Yeah. I mean, it means that if you bought an Xbox One, you could play an offline game with the Xbox One and not have the Kinect, like, receive any, like, to send out any information on you. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, like, a, just, like, that's not a, like, fantastic benefit. I agree. I don't, I don't yeah. think that. I was just asking it. Well, I was, so, I was just answering it. Okay, it's fine. We're all good. Yeah. All Jesus. Right. Okay. So, that's the, although that's the, you know, 24 hours internet side of it. Here's the big surprise for me, because it wasn't something... I was necessarily complaining about it wasn't something I would have expected them to change because this is just a thing companies have been doing oh, for yeah. a long time is that they dropped all region locking. Yeah. That's really cool. And that's, I mean, Sony has been doing that for a while now. Like, yes, but I... is not region locked, nor is the PS4. I know that. And yeah. that's one of the reasons I was favoring the PS4 over it. At, however, it, I would not... This is, this is just... Region locking has been such a big part of Blu-rays and DVDs for no. a long time. It's been a big part of gaming for a long time. The 360's region locked, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo is now fully region locked on all their devices. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Yes. Nintendo 3DS is and Wii U is. So it was kind of a nice surprise that PS4 was extending that. And actually, PS4 is extending their policies even from the PS3, where the PS4 is region locked across... Or is unre- unlocked across the board. PS3 yeah. had select games, first party and otherwise, that were. I mean, for the, for PS3, the big thing was Persona 4 Arena. Yeah. That, that, that was region locked because they had English and Japanese voice tracks, and then yeah. that fucked Europe up because Atlas USA does not publish in Europe. Yeah. And so they did not get Persona 4 Arena until like a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, other than that, I know I some other games. Any, like, what, what other games were region locked on the PS3? Uh, that was there, the only one I was aware of. God, there was at least a, a couple of ones in Japan, like different Shonen Jump kind of fighting oh, titles okay. and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, the, the, my, my point is region locking is something companies do. It's just a thing that has been happening for a long time. There's plenty of precedent for it. I wouldn't have expected them to reverse this and I wouldn't have thought them unreasonable if they didn't reverse this. Yeah. But it's a really nice, reasonable decision to reverse it because that makes it a better value. It really does. Because then if you want to play a game that's in another part of the world and you can't get here, you can just import it yeah. and it's fine. Want to make all those hot games that Japanese developers will be making for the Xbox One. Yeah, not a big benefit for the Xbox One, maybe, but 
yeah, it's a bigger benefit for like the PS4, obviously. Yeah. But in any case, nice to hear. That's all. So those are all the changes they made, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. So pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, really fucking crazy. It, I just love the headline on Giant Bomb: Microsoft to pull complete reversal on Xbox One yeah. DRM policies. It it really is. It's, yeah, it's, it's an it's, Xbox One eighty. Exactly. And it, and it, it raises like an interesting point where like like as you mentioned it earlier, and I want to like kind of go deeper into it because I don't think it's really something we've talked a whole lot about with the Xbox One stuff on here. But I mean, one of the biggest things, particularly coming out of E three, of the reason like the the like you know the the wolf in sheep's clothing for the online DRM stuff was their cloud computing because that's sort of they're really really heavily pushing the cloud computing as being like we have this like three Xbox Ones worth of virtual server power for every single Xbox One that actually exists in the living room and we are going to like revolutionize the face of video games even though like with with drive avatars and dedicated servers yay but, like, their cloud computing stuff has been, like, their heavy push of, like, hey, we realize that the PS4 is, like, 50% more powerful than our fucking machine, but, like, but we've got cloud computing, and that was, like, sort of there. So we've got infinite resources from the cloud and all that bullshit. And now it, like, raises... It was already something I was really curious about because it was technically not an always online machine before because of the 24-hour online check-in. But now you don't, like, you don't have to be connected to the internet at all. So how the fuck the cloud computing shit? Like, if you're like trying to integrate that into a so, into a single player experience, which is what they're basically saying they want to be able to do, is just give these developers these resources that you can use. And there's all this talk of like offloading, like streaming in, like the like the next level or something off of the cloud, or doing like stuff, anything that does not have to be like rendered immediately. You can offload those calculations to the cloud theoretically, and like the lags there there won't matter. So there's like stuff of like we can do, like, background AI stuff and process that shit on the cloud and it doesn't have to, like, clog up our actual processor in the machine. So what the fuck happens when you don't connect to the internet when you're just playing a game that uses that cloud shit? Does, like, the AI get shittier? Do the physics suck all of a sudden until you all, can connect to the internet? All textures go away. Exactly. Like, like all of a sudden you can't, like, all of a sudden there's, like, a bunch of load screens in the middle of Grand Theft Auto because they were, like, using that cloud stuff to, to help with their, like, load times or something? Like, the... It makes no fucking sense, and but like at least with the twenty-four hour check-in, it was like you had this expectation where if you're offline, like that's going to be a like worse experience for you. Like, like you can only be offline for so long. So at least that part kind of made sense with their whole cloud computing thing. Now it's like, what does that mean? Does like or ha- half of like the Xbox One exclusives because they're obviously the exclusives are really going to want to leverage that cloud resource? Are they going to be always online games? Or it's like, if you don't play them online, are they just going to be, like, obviously worse, like, almost like you were playing them on, like, a worse console? Like, that makes no, it makes no sense, and nobody's talking about it. It's driving me insane. And I'm not even sure how the cloud computing stuff would work, because wouldn't you have to account for the speed of people's varying internet connections? I mean, yeah, that's why they're saying, like, you would, you, you pick things that don't need to be rendered immediately, and that's, you offload those calculations to the cloud. It's not like, we're, like... Just like using the cloud to calculate like like our like the animation that needs to happen in the next frame because obviously okay. that's not going to work. But it's like and and it has been something where like I know because it's like they're like when they say the cloud it's just basically they just have a bunch of servers that you can tap into and so like Titanfall has said they're just basically using that for dedicated servers and Forza Motorsport Five is using that for drive avatars. As those are the only two developers that have said anything as far as I'm aware about how they're using the cloud 
Yeah, and it would have that term. It would have to be for exclusive titles because titles that are cross-platform wouldn't be built to make use of that. I assume. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, every single them. every single multi-platform title, at least coming out at launch, like obviously, like Call of Duty Ghosts, like Battlefield Four, all those guys, like, yeah, we're not using any of that shit. Like, obviously, the part of it is that they haven't had access to it for a long enough time. Like, those games yeah. have been in development for a while. But yeah, it's it'll, it would be interesting to see like how that cloud stuff is going to work. Like, it was going to be interesting to see anyways. But now, like, I don't even. I don't get it at all because it's like how the what the fuck happens if you're not connected to the internet and it's trying to send a calculation off to the cloud, but you're playing what is technically a single player game. Like I've no I've no fucking clue, and nobody's and Microsoft has never talked about it. They've never addressed that at all. And it's it's one of the craziest things about Microsoft with like all their policies. And then obviously now at least they're like being very upfront with them changing about it. It's like. They don't advertise the stuff that is the most interesting. Like before, they didn't talk about the family sharing plan like at all. And that sounded fucking insane. So obviously it must have been bullshit or else they would have been like, at, like that would have been at their fucking press conference was family sharing. If you've got friends, you can share your games no matter where they are in the world. We're extending, like we're expanding your digital rights. That would have been crazy. And then also like cloud, like we've got cloud shit and like here's what it all is and like tell me what the fuck it is tell me how you're going to use it tell me what happens when it goes off like why I want your cloud bullshit and stop calling it cloud because it drives me insane because it's not what it is it's just servers and you can use it for whatever you want (laughs) yes alright well what else do you want to talk about with this news I have some possible areas to go in. Sure. Okay. I'm really interested in covering some of the reaction to this and some of the ways it was announced. Like, uh, just the attitudes around it. Okay, sure. I think it's an interesting discussion because I was particular, I was reading some of the interviews with, um, what's it, Mark Witten. Yeah, Yeah. the chief product officer at Xbox for Microsoft. Yeah, like after the announcement, he basically like had five minutes with like every fucking website under the planet to talk about it. And I only have the IGN interview up here, and I know... They're all the same interview. They're all very similar, yes. Um, But I just... The same answers. Right, and I know some of the wording changed, but overall, that... Did, did he, is it just me, or is there kind of an air of passive-aggressiveness to some of the statements? Like, like, like in a whole bunch of the interviews, he, like, uses the word frankly over yes. and over and over again. It was something that was really fun, just, like, control-F, frankly, and just, he was like, he used the word, like, three times in this one answer. It's like, yes. well, frankly, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah. It did definitely have sort of a passive-aggressive tone. He talked a lot about how, oh, we got all this wonderful feedback. You know, it was, like, just, yeah. like, the standard company line bullshit of, like, you people hated what we were doing, but we're going to paint it in like this. And we wanted to show you we had great games. And coming out of E3, like we, like everyone was really excited about what we were doing. But we did get some great feedback. Like, like, yeah, there's like you know, uh, yeah. He said we love getting feedback from gamers. My ideal scenario is always that I'm working to build a product they love. And here's a sentence that still sounds just a little passive-aggressive to me, and there are more explicit versions of this in other interviews and stuff, but he says, We still believe in how games and internet are transformed by being connected and powered by the cloud, and frankly, you're going to see us really innovate against that experience. So it's like he's saying, we were right, but we're going to do this anyway because you guys are louder. That's yeah. kind of the tone of all the interviews. There was one in particular where he kind of... He there's a longer quote like that where he talks more about how all the you know that they, they, they why they did this their belief in it and then you know but the feedback you know we understand people's feedback and he kept using that word and it yeah. was like feedback yeah it's very clear this is not something they wanted to do yeah and they're still trying to hide that they were doing they're still trying to paint like well what we were trying to do was for you guys we promise 
They're trying to paint it as both sides yeah. of it. They were doing what the consumer wanted, whereas the only reason they changed this is because they were doing what the consumer did not want. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like just... And it was just funny, like, that he gave... Like, you didn't need to give that interview out to, like, all these different websites, because it was just... Yeah. Like, every single answer was the same fucking bullshit answer that just says absolutely nothing of you trying to, like, paint up, like, what is clearly you trying to cover your own asses as being, like, we're trying to do something great, and we we love all of our fans, and they're all amazing, and everybody loves us, and, but we did get some great feedback, and we're changing our policies on some things. It's like... Fucking just shut the fuck up. Like, we get it. We get it. Nobody pre-ordered your goddamn console, so now you're changing your policies. Another great quote I love here is he's talking about how the, what the changes are and that, what that affects. And he says, that means that features like family sharing won't be there. Another example that we think is awesome is that when you move to any Xbox One, the ability to see all of your games in your games library. While you'll clearly only see the ones that you download online, you'd have to bring your physical discs for the other ones. So he's saying, like, this is what you guys wanted. It's worse, but... Yeah, but that, this is one that has always driven me insane about, like, everyone, like, talking about this dumb thing about, like, the, like... You can see your games library from any console. It's like, well, that's not a revelation, dude. That's not like a big holy shit. Like, I can download any game I purchased, like, onto any other console where I have my fucking account. Like, you can do that on your PS3. Do that on your 360. You, like, have to know the game's name, I guess. Like, you don't have, like, the Steam library list. But it's like, it's not like that's a huge, like, feature. It's like, we list out every single game you bought digitally, and then you can select them and download them on machines you don't already have them downloaded onto. It's like, what? Yeah, but I know PS3 and Vita. PS3 and Vita do have that. They have the download list. Yeah, oh yeah, they do. That's the same thing. Yeah, it's like, not quite the same thing. But yeah. But but then, like, with this one, it's like, and then before, any game you bought, even disc games or download games, even though there was no advantage to buying a disc game in the first place before, so there was no distinction between them, all of those games would have been on your instant library, but now only the digital ones were going to be. It's like, they were just digital anyway, you fucking asshole. Like, who gives a shit? It's, some of the stuff is just such bullshit. Yes. And then, you know, I'm talking about, you know, we believe that most people, frankly, there's that word again, <laughs> yep. are going to continue to take advantage of the connected state and all that comes with it. So I just still... love how frank he is in all these interviews. I know. He feels so honest, right? Because but as he's saying, frankly, you know, we, we were right. Most people agree with us, so most people will still do it. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we caved it anyway, I guess. I, it's, it's just weird because he's trying to straddle this line saying, we're still so confident in what we were doing, but you're clearly not. You are clearly yeah, not. exactly, because... Like, and it was the craziest thing because at E3, like, at first, like, Microsoft canceled a whole, bunch of their, a whole bunch of their interviews. But, like, the interviews they did have, like, I saw, like, five fucking interviews with Major Nelson from different sources where he's just basically saying, like, these, like, these are the features the console is designed around and it has all these benefits. And it's like, we're looking, we're, like, pioneering for the future of entertainment and video games. And it's like... And, you know, you've got, like, all the fucking shit with their, like, talking about, like, if you don't have an online connection, then we have a console for you. It's called the Xbox 360. And I saw like, that. the it... greatest fucking just, like, buzzword. Like, are we in an election year? Like, what the what the fuck is going on? I actually thought that interview I read, I wasn't with Major Nelson, where he said about No, that it. wasn't Major Nelson. It's, uh, fuck, what's the dude? Uh, Don Matrick. Yeah, Don Matrick. Yes, it was Don Matrick who said, like, if you don't want to be on the internet, we have a console for you. It's a 360. That was the biggest middle finger I saw out of E3. It was... It was like... If you went on through the interview, he actually said some stuff I found 
kind of mildly offensive about, like, he said, like, people are contacting me and saying, like, I'm on a nuclear sub or out of the country. I don't even know what that means. That means they're a soldier, you piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, and it's like, and you don't need to bring up the nuclear sub thing. It's anyone who's, who's fucking, anyone who's on a military base. Like, anywhere. Yes. They don't, like, they can't hook up a fucking console to, like, Department of Defense servers, you yeah. know? Like, that's, nobody can do that. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, it just sounded, it was super disrespectful. It was super just flippant. Yeah. And just rude. And now they're trying to go back and saying, see, we were listening to you the whole time, but you weren't. And, you know, integrity stands for something. And if they had stayed with what they were doing, there would at least be some integrity in that. Like, we have an idea, we're we're committed to it, we want to show you what this idea is, that would at least be an an integrity-based condition they could be in. Or position, sorry. And, And no, it's that we have no integrity, we'll just do whatever it takes to make sure we can get back on top above Sony... Um, but we're still going to try to say we believe in our old ideas. Yeah. But you don't believe in your old ideas because you went back on them. And if you really believed, this just proves that this was all DRM bullshit, as if there was any doubt. But it proves it because it wasn't so integral that they couldn't remove it. And it wasn't, you know, they didn't believe in their situation so much that they were willing to weather some bad fan feedback. Yeah. Because if if this was a great console and they knew they had made something great, they could weather the feedback. They could figure out a way to do that. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they wouldn't have just needed, you know, because we're still, like, fucking six months. Like, we're yeah. still, we're far away from when these consoles are actually just going to launch. Just get like, some good still, PR. Yeah, there's time for them to be able to to fix some of this stuff. If they, like, if the, fa- like, honestly, like, the family sharing plan, if that was what they said it was, that would have, that would have swayed so many people. If they had came out, like, heavily advertised it, like, explained it, and, like, assuming it was actually something really cool, just played it, like, straight and told us what it was... So, like, a lot more people would be... Like, I would be a lot more interested in your fucking console, because that sounds cool. Like, that is giving you something we never had before. And it's like, that's kind of what I was saying before, of, like, them, like, trying to make themselves, like, more like the PS4, like, the Xbox 360, like, reversing, reverting these policies. Like, you... I don't think you're going to be able to win by making yourself like the competition. Because I've already... You've already burned me. Like, even if there weren't all these other reasons to buy the PS4, like... You guys are fucking up, and you're going just crazy in your own goddamn corner with your DRM stuff, like making it and then taking it away. That I'm just—I would just be with the PS4 anyways, just because you got you motherfuckers seem insane. Like what they need to do is instead of just trying to make themselves more like the PS4, is like try to separate themselves out and give us something better that the PS4 does not give us, and they're not doing that. Like unless you you were really into live TV, they're not doing that anywhere. So. Yeah. It's it's really weird. Like I don't know. I don't know what. Like and I don't even know what the reaction is going to be like. Like I don't know if it's like obviously their sales have or at least their pre order numbers have improved. I don't like. We're not like necessarily exposed to how much. And that was inevitable. This was yeah, gonna... yeah. Of course it was going to. But it's like yeah. But we don't know how that's going to translate to when the console launches. And even then, we didn't know like what the how like the larger mainstream public was going to receive the Xbox One when it came out. Anyways, like this. There's all these, like, weird, we don't know what's going to happen because we're still so far away from when these consoles actually launch. I mean, that's the thing. We have not seen this penetrate mainstream media. It's just been the I game. I mean, it was right. on Jimmy Fallon, like, like, like kind of like a day or two before this. And, yes. like, they had Xbox One was on there and PS4 was on there. And then he famously said, like, oh, and the big thing about this PS4, Mark Cerny, is that this is the one that plays used games, right? And then everyone applauded. Yeah. It was like, it's not that simple, but sure. Right. And, and, you know, Jimmy Fallon, to be fair, does, of, of the late-night host, caters to the youngest, hippest yeah. audience. 
if you want to go with that. Sure. That's yeah. the, that yeah. would be the lingo they would use on the network. So yeah, just, that's, yeah, that's, yes, the, Jimmy Fallon would say he's, he appeals to the hippest, the, yeah. the, the cats out there. I know. Yeah. I'm, his Daddy work, o. their words, not mine. But in any sure. case, it's, yeah, we have not seen it penetrate all that much into the mainstream media. We really are seeing, all this feedback is not necessarily coming from people who, you know, are 50 and read CNN. It's yeah. people who are... I mean, to be fair, people 50 reading CNN are not going to buy these consoles. No, the, but I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's the people who are, yeah, the, the, the main core audience that they, were, they just clearly weren't catering to. Yeah, and so that's interesting. And I mean, the big we talked about this, I think, way back at the Xbox One announcement, which yeah. is that, and and contrasting with the PS4 announcement, Sony was correct so far in that if you're gonna appeal to a mass audience, you have to start small, and you have to start yeah. with the main core. Who are the main people who would go out day one and buy your consoles? Yeah, and then target, tell everybody else about them. Yes, target them, and then word of mouth mouth will spread from there. What they what Xbox One has maybe assuaged, and what will help them is that now the people who were turned off maybe will go buy this day one, and then the word of mouth will spread. The the thing they were risking is if you alienate that core audience, no one's around to spread the yeah. word of mouth about your system. So that's the main thing they had to get back on track with. And I think, but it's going to take more than this. I think they're going to have to over the next six months make sure their PR is much tighter than it's been. Make sure they are on message, that they have a message and that they know who they're appealing to because they can't keep going out there after they've done this and assume that showing live TV again and again will help them or something. Yeah. You know, they have to understand where they went wrong was more than just the specific policies, but the way they've been pitching it. Yeah, like, I can't wait until, like, the next, like, big trade show event when someone actually, like, gets gets to straight-up interview Don Matrick about this stuff because he was the dude who seemed like he was the most, like, confident and heavily invested in that style of direction the Xbox One is going to, to the extent that he would say something so monumentalistly, like, stupid as, we have a machine for people without the internet connection, it's called the Xbox 360. Like, I want to, like, I wouldn't even a couple of days, that dude's just going to get drunk and start killing people. Like, like <laughs> it's just, he seemed kind of crazy at E3, and now it seems like they're just, like, fucked on Metric with this announcement in a way of just, like, yeah. the fuck that, like, what we did at E3, fuck all that shit. Even though it's like Ford, like, what the fuck happened behind the scenes? How did they make this decision? Like, I could, like, I could have seen maybe them doing this like three weeks from now, where it's like, where, like, this is fucking Microsoft. You know, they like a huge company like this does not just like turn on a dime and make like a rash just immediate. Like, we are reversing all of our online policies for like our major entertainment release for like for, like the next eight years. You know, like until they're like for the next like three years or whatever until they launch their next OS. Like, what? The, how did they like come to this decision so quickly? I just have, like immediately get out there and do it. It's crazy. I mean, they seem so tenured throughout their their first press conference and then all the E three stuff. But I have to assume since it came so soon, as soon as the press conference came out, and they 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 must have been hearing the reaction. Yeah, and there must have been people at the top, maybe people we haven't even been hearing from. Who have been like cataloging like that? Secret, like the cigarette smoking man who secretly runs Microsoft, like from Area Fifty One, like those. Dudes. No, but like you know, like you know, people on the money side of things. I don't. Know, I think there's more people you know involved with the corporate structure of Microsoft yeah. than we hear from every day, uh, and then and, and Xbox and yeah, stuff. Like the cigarette smoking man who secretly runs yes. the company from Area Fifty One. Yes, and, and has you know because Bill Gates clearly has always been a life model decoy robot. He's not a real person. We all know that, right? Yes, obviously it's not crazy. In any case, the, the, the point is that, you know, I think they've probably been hearing about this for a long time. We're just trying to hold course, 
not adjust anything, and I think once they saw just how thoroughly they got beat down at E3, yeah. and just how much Sony went for their throats and got applauded for it, and then the pre-order numbers started coming in, I think they probably, you know, they, the rule of advertising, if you don't like the conversation, change the conversation. Yeah. They just changed the conversation to a certain extent, and they were trying to do it as soon as possible. But the hurdle now is that this is just another part of mixed messaging that they've had since yeah. their initial reveal. The messaging is still so mixed, and if they can unify it after this, they might be in better shape. But if yeah. they can't get their act together, this is not the thing that's going to save them. It just isn't. Yeah, like, I wonder if Jimmy Fallon is ever going to come out there now and say, it's like, hey, Microsoft did all this crazy shit. Probably not, because yeah. that's not flashy or cool, like bringing a new console on the stage and then like playing a new video game on it like and talking about it with the dude. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, and it's so, so fucking crazy. So I guess here's the other question: What kind of reaction have you been seeing online from just you know readers, people like you know? Most people games? like we're still going to buy the PS4. Like like okay. like the vast majority of stuff I've seen is like kind of like our reaction of like, well, I mean, it's kind of cool that they're doing this, and I might buy an Xbox One sometime in the future. But there's still all these other reasons I'm buying a PS4. I think one of the biggest ones, and it's a policy that Microsoft can still very easily change. I mean, like, it's something they can change about the console, is their policy about self-publishing. Because it's like, because for me, that's honestly one of the biggest things that's killing them, of like, I don't necessarily want to buy a, another console that's not going to do that. Like, I don't, and also, like, Xbox Live is not going to have, like, or the Xbox One's not going to have, like, the awesome sort of pseudo-indie support that Xbox Live Arcade had, because they already burned all those motherfuckers and burned them hard. I, I still love every time I see an interview. Like, I was just reading one earlier today on, like, Polygon or something, an interview with the guy, uh, Phil Fish, who made Fez, that was, like, an indie game that got released on Xbox Live Arcade, like, last year, and he revealed Fez 2 at E3, and they asked him, so what platforms are these coming out on? Well, I'm not saying absolutely all the platforms yet, but I can tell you one thing, it's not coming out on the Xbox, because fuck those dudes. Like, I literally could not release a second patch to, like, because what happened with Fez is, like, he released one patch, and that patch ended up, like, making some save files corrupt, so he couldn't end up releasing a patch to fix that patch because he didn't have enough money because that's how expensive Microsoft was it was to release a patch on a Microsoft system because of their whole like no self publishing bullshit. So it's like fuck you, Microsoft. Like every one of those indie devs, like they make a game, it comes on Xbox Live Arcade, and then they're like, well, I'm never doing that again. Oh my god, that was like the most. Horrific, like, that experience traumatized me towards, like, corporations and, like, like capitalist America. Like, it's it's so funny, like, reading all those interviews. It's just, like, every single year, there's another, they get another dude in, the dude makes a game, the, the game's pretty awesome, and the guy's like, fuck Microsoft. So, yeah. like, if, so I don't even know if they allowed self-publishing if those people would even go back. Like, Jonathan Blow certainly wouldn't because he's been the most outspoken of all of them, but it's like, damn. Well, could they... You know, they probably couldn't offer a system better than what PS4 is offering right now, so there wouldn't be a huge incentive yeah. to do that either. Yeah, but it's like, but like the self-publishing thing is almost like even a bigger deal than than the always online stuff to me personally, because obviously the always online stuff would not hugely affect the way I experience the thing. Like it would fuck me once, and I'd be really pissed off about that. At least it would fuck me once. But like the self-publishing thing is like. Indie games are the coolest games coming out nowadays. And we know, like the really rare AAA titles. And we know they're going to be a big deal in this next generation. Yeah, because it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, one of the best games... Are, like, it's not technically an indie game, but one of the best games of this whole generation is fucking Journey, you know? Yeah. And so more games of that scope and scale, 
that's that's where the most interesting experiences are going to be because that's where you can be the most creative. You're like you don't have these huge monolithic like hundreds of millions of dollars of budget to like appeal to. So you can just be like, hey, I want to make some weird fucking game where all you do is just walk around in the desert and it's fucking awesome somehow. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely one of the big appeals of the PS4 is that it is such a nice, simple, open architecture for developers. Yeah. Anybody can build a game for it, and they could probably put it out on, on Steam and the PS4. And Yeah, like, you could certainly... Well, okay, Steam, it says weird indie stuff, too. But you could at okay. least... You could release it on the PC. PC. Let's we'll just say that. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. I do not use Steam. I just know there's, you know... Yeah, Steam Greenlight's weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different conversation. Yeah, I don't think I can be blamed for not understanding the intricacies of Steam Greenlight. Yeah. This is like, nobody does. Yeah. All right, so... Yeah, the reaction I've seen, I've definitely seen a lot of uh, what, what you're saying. That, yeah. like, you know, this is, this is nice to see. Good on Microsoft. Win for consumer rights. I still want my PS4. Yeah. That's where I am. That's where you are. But I've also seen, like, for one, the Xbox fanboys being more annoying than fucking ever. Like, yeah. like just he's like, see, we told you so. That was the only selling point of the PS4, and now it's gone. Xbox it's like, One no. wins. And it's, and it's actually, like, weirdly elucidating now that that, that barrier is gone on the Xbox One, because that was, like, the most offensive. And then you realize, I still don't give a shit about this machine at all. Yeah. So it's like, in, in a weird way, it almost makes the Xbox One seem worse, because without this just, like, offensive thing there, you're like, this is still just, like, a worse console. Like, I still don't want yeah. it. Like, that part didn't even really matter. It's Yeah, it's weird. And then I've also seen some really strange backlash to the backlash. Yeah. Like, the, you know, if the backlash was uh, people jumping on the Sony bandwagon because of what Microsoft was doing, now I'm seeing people backlashing against Sony for causing this. And I've seen that a lot on Twitter. I've seen some opinion articles out there of people being really mad at, like, seeing, like, see, like, everyone was, like, jumping on Sony's bandwagon, and then what they were doing was stupid, like, you know, and, and, yeah. and people bitching a lot, like, particularly a bunch of the guys at Rooster Teeth I've seen on Twitter being, especially today, just total pricks about it. Yeah, Bernie Burns from Rooster Teeth. All day he's been making stupid tweets about how like, it's I, like those might be sarcastic. Like I they might know, the, yeah. the sheer volume of them is yeah. kind of. But anyway, yeah, it's just and I've seen uh, it's just some anon- you know anonymous people on Twitter too and stuff. And yeah. It's just this is all anecdotal, but it's just it's sort of weird to see how the conversation is changing. Not much in some ways, and then yeah. some people are just getting bitter about it. Yeah, As like you everyone's said, just really fucking confused. Like they just they're everyone's angry and they don't know what to be angry about because it's like there's like this. There was this big fucking Xbox Online DRM stuff, and we were all, like, raging about that, and then that's gone, and it's like, but you still don't like the Xbox One, and you don't know how to deal with that, like, emotion, so everyone's just, like, exploding on the internet. That's what you said to me before the podcast started, before we recorded this, and I was, I I think I said to you, that's pretty much the perfect way to sum it up. People, right now, just the general tone is like, I'm angry, but now I don't know why! Yeah. It's just, like, all, because this is just so crazy. And I have read some, like, really... Just some really awful opinion on articles on some like websites. Like the worst one was I. I just got linked to this on Reddit because I don't never go to Gizmodo. But on Gizmodo, there was this opinion article that was like, you were like where they were basically backing up the uh, the Xbox One because you know there's like stuff where like because because there was something like seductive about aspects of the, at Microsoft's marketing of like them saying hey. We're uh we're like planning for the future and this is where stuff is going and we're making this console for like for like the future it's the fucking future cuz online is future future and that like people can get attracted to that and so there was like one article on Gizmodo was like just saying basically stuff that is false like flat out wrong about what the Xbox One's original policies were that they're like saying like them reverting these policies are terrible and they're like saying the original policies was like you could lend and borrow digital games and it's like no, you couldn't. It was still technically tied to a disc. It was just 
you had to, like, lend a game through the most bizarre, circuitous path possible. Like, they were just, like, making it harder for you to be able to lend and trade and use games and, like, all that shit. So it's like, there, there are some, like, interesting opinion articles about people saying, like, well, like, there were some interest that, like, now that we're past all of this, there was some interesting stuff about the Xbox One. But then while the Xbox One had those policies, everyone was like, there was, like, I... While the Xbox One had those policies, I don't think I read a single article backing them up. Like, not one. Now that they're gone, I've read, like, five or six, basically, saying, well, they may have been onto some of this stuff. They had a family-sharing plan. We don't know what that was, but they said it. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really fucking weird. This, is a, this is a fascinating time to follow video game news. Yeah, without a doubt. Like, it's, like it is the craziest, it is the craziest console launch, I think, ever. Like, it's just, there's so much insanity going on around this one. We are, as you said before the podcast, we are getting into, you know, Sega does what Nintendo don'ts territory here. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck is this company do? Like, that... How can you justify doing that? Like, you're just straight out attacking Nintendo in your advertisements. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And then, like, in those days, like, they would just, like, say, like, blast processing. It's like, that's not even a thing. Like, how are you advertising the Sega Genesis for having blast processing when that's not even an actual fucking thing? What the fuck is blast processing? Nobody knows. And we're getting into that now, or it's just, yeah. it's... Yeah. With the cloud. Oh, like, what the fuck? You just have dedicated servers on Titanfall and you've got bullshit AI in your Forza. Like, don't just, like, we've got infinite resources from the cloud. Yeah. Fuck you. you you've got a server bank. Good for you. Everybody's got a... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't have a server bank. You don't have a server bank. Yeah. But we don't own a large tech company. Yeah, yeah, like every... Fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's only getting crazier. And it's so weird to think that we are still six months out from this. Yeah. It's like, we've got a ways to go. And there was a, yeah. <laughs> There's a rumor today about the PlayStation launch date of being November 13th, 2013. Seems weird because that's a Wednesday. It does like, seem weird to me. I would not. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't even remember. It's been so long, I don't know what days consoles are launched on. I just assume it's Tuesday because all video game shit is Tuesday. But it yeah. certainly doesn't seem like it'd be Wednesday. That's, like, nothing comes out on a fucking Wednesday. Maybe that's their logic. Exactly. Yes. So, and then maybe, like, once we get a release date for one of them, the other, like, console will put its release date right in front of the other one, and then the other console will move it I until still, it's, like... I still hope that they, like, somehow just, like, both, like, on the same, like, at the exact same time, they both announce their release date, and it's the same day, and then nobody moves. Yeah. Like, I just want both these consoles to come out on the same day, and then go to the GameStop at that midnight, and just, like, see the piles of bodies, you know? Because... <laughs> That would be amazing, just like just happen once, because because we need it to happen now. Because if it doesn't happen now, it might not ever happen. Because we're we're going to start running out of console generations. You know, these things are just going to get longer and longer until as the technology just gets better and better and like is harder to improve. So yes, I I want the mass chaos and destruction now while we can still have it. So. I want to see a guy, an Xbox fanboy dressed up as Master Chief fighting a guy dressed up as Sora with a Keyblade. <laughs> a yeah, exactly. And, and then a dude with like dressed up as Kratos comes in and joins the brawl, and there's another dude dressed up as a character from like Fable. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. The Gears of War cosplayers who have built functional chainsaw guns. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's nuts. So is there anything else to say right now on this news of the Xbox 180? I'm... I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Like, like in the like coming in the next the weeks and months. Like, how Microsoft is now going to advertise the Xbox One. Like, if there's going to be any other 
crazy shit coming out of nowhere. Like they backtrack on the backtracking. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and we're just like, and now I don't know. Like you have to buy. Like we're we're still employing some of this bullshit. So now, if you want to have like play split screen, you have to have two discs. You have to buy two copies of the game to play split screen at your house. But we're allowing you to share your games with fifty family members. It's just like, oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, and, and, and fucking your Xbox One can also make coffee for you. You're putting a fucking espresso machine in there. It's like, what? <laughs> it can tell when you are tired and need coffee because the Kinect will read your yeah. heartbeat. It's like, not only are we allowing self-publishing, we are flat out rejecting any major publisher for making games on our console. So if you want to <laughs> have any games, this is the place to go. If you want to play your Call of Duty bullshit, fuck you, go to PS4. <laughs> you know, I just want to see this go completely insane. Alright, well, another little piece of news broke while we were recording this that I wanted to talk about now that we're done with yeah. this. Just because it's something we've mentioned before. Uh, news just came out from Marvel that Robert Downey Jr. is returning, yeah, not... For, for Avengers 2 and 3, but there's no news of Iron Man 4. That's interesting. Yeah. So, we, I mean, I, I think we could have all assumed he would come back for Avengers 2, especially because Joss Whedon has been very vocal that, you know, he's written the movie. It's got yeah, Iron yeah, Man he's, in Yeah, it. he obviously has, like, Robert Downey Jr. in mind when he wrote yeah. Iron Man, so... Yeah, he can't... Yeah, they, he can't, they can't just rewrite the whole script and get rid of Iron Man. I yeah. I guess they could. It probably wouldn't be that good. Probably not, yeah. yeah. But but definitely that, that that they're committing to, you know, Avengers 3 with Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. And I would assume there must... Maybe there's an option in his contract for an Iron Man 4 in there somewhere because I would assume they'd want to bridge the gap between those with another Iron Man. Yeah, maybe. But, but we'll see. Because I think they would want... I can understand why they want Robert Downey Jr. going forward to anchor Phase 3 just as he's kind of anchored Phase 2 so they yeah. could launch... More sequels out of that. Yeah, but I like. I wonder if their plan then is with like with Avengers three to be like maybe his last movie or something like. Yeah. Like because at that point it seems like they would have so many different movie franchises, and if those ones end up being successful, they don't necessarily have to be attached to Iron Man so heavily anymore. Yes. And so for him to be like introduce like the next wave of like the new Avengers team or something in Avengers three or maybe. Yes. Who knows? I think it could work, and and I wonder. Yeah. It's 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 interesting if we're going. Marvel says we're going to hear more about some of their plans in the in the near future. So that's interesting. They are definitely planning very far ahead. Yeah. Because we've only got one film of Phase Two so far. Yeah. And uh, but Iron Man Three is the second highest grossing opening weekend of all time. It's yeah. broken all sorts of records. It's made all tons of money all over. The, I think it's broken a billion. Or it definitely it's broken yeah, a billion. It's yeah. Uh, did that very fast. Um, so yeah, it's Iron Man has not cooled off at all. So. Whatever Robert Downey Jr. wants to be paid, they probably have it. Yeah. Now, the interesting question will be to hear uh, more negotiations with the other cast members just because I hope they didn't use up all their money getting Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And so the Avengers 2 is just him and, like, cardboard cutouts of Chris Hemsworth and yeah. stuff. They just, like, reuse, like, footage from, like, like the Thor in, like, Avengers 1 and stuff yeah. like that. This is, like... He's, you know, he's, like, talking to Chris Hemsworth, but it's like they're just, like, trying to talk around the dialogue from those movies. I mean, I've been reading some super interesting insider articles on this kind of stuff where Avengers 2 is going to be, like, the most expensive movie ever made just on cast salaries yeah. alone. Because they paid the people who were not Robert Downey Jr. very little in that movie. Yeah. Like, I think Scarlett Johansson and Samuel L. Jackson got big paydays because they were established stars. Yeah. But, you know, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth were not, and maybe Mark Ruffalo got a big paycheck, too. But, like, they got pretty small, comparatively, paychecks. Yeah. And, obviously, it would be fair of them to ask for a little more, because yeah, they are part of why it made all the money. But there's a certain point, again, when we're talking about budgets of video games and movies, where if you spend so much, you can't make it back. Yeah. Even, even if you're an Avengers-style hit, you've got to be careful. Yeah. So it's interesting. But just wanted to throw that little piece of news out there while we're... Because it just broke today. I mean, there's there's one other 
piece of comic book movie news that came out yesterday I read where no. apparently Mary Jane Watson is no longer going this to be is... in Amazing Spider-Man 2. So what the fuck is going on? And it seems like they're like even going to... Like, they're going to probably, I guess, cut those scenes out that probably were at the end of that movie or whatever, because they already, we already know they shot those scenes with that actress. So apparently their actress may not even come back in the role, and they'll just have to, like, recast Mary Jane Watson for Amazing Spider-Man 3 and 4. Yeah, this was fascinating, and I just, I can't... what the fuck is, like, this movie, it sounds like, like, reading about Duke Nukem Forever for, like, video games or something. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it sounds like this movie is somehow, like, exploding or imploding behind the scenes. Well, and, you know, the thing is, it's, it's... uh... Um, Shailene Woodley, who played, uh, who was shot her scenes as Mary Jane Watson for yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Two, she's doing some press for a movie called Divergence. So that's where we learned about this. Then Mark Webb confirmed that he's been editing the movie and just made the decision that those scenes were extraneous. And that is not uncommon. This happens rather frequently. What what the difference is that we don't usually hear it coming from a character, a character who is that high profile in a yeah. movie that is that high profile. But you know, people get cut from movies. It happens. Uh, and Shailene Woodley says she expects she will be back for Amazing Spider-Man. 3 and she would really like to play this character and I still contend I've seen her in some stuff I think she would be a really interesting Mary Jane Watson but it's it's an unprecedented case in terms of a big superhero movie yeah. so that's what's just really interesting about it and it just makes me more and more curious like what are all these characters there for? How is this yeah, going like, to play out? Yeah, like how do you just like... Are we going to hear about Paul Giamatti getting cut next? Yeah, exactly. Like I, it seems so weird that you would cut out Mary Jane but like I don't know like that seems like like why would you even have had Mary Jane in there in the first place if her role was so insignificant she can simply be cut out like yeah. that's I mean and like, like the assume... only way it could have been, could have been that is like if the like for me like is if the movie ended with him opening the door and her standing there and saying like, you hit the jackpot tiger like that's it like, like that's her one scene in the movie and she's mentioned like like set up double date or something because of like relationship with Gwen Stacy like I don't know like I don't like that seems so weird that you could do this to MJ in any yeah. way. So I mean, yeah, it confirms that she was very, very minor, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think in our crazy pitch we did for the movie, she had a role that you couldn't cut because it was like there was a love yeah. triangle kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, that she was like this like girlfriend thing like that like in class. Yeah. Where it's like he didn't have to deal with the Spider Man bullshit with her. And then but our the big love interest in our crazy pitch was Black Cat. Yeah. Obviously. Which which is still probably going to be in this movie, or at least Felicia Hardy will be if she's not yeah. Black Cat. Yeah, like ooh, fuck. But maybe we'll hear she's been cut next tomorrow. Yeah, then, exactly. It's like then Jamie Fox has been cut. No, it's like it would be great if they cut everybody except for Jamie Fox, and it was just Spider Man versus Electro, and that was the movie, and like all that other shit was just gone. Like even Harry and Norman Osborn aren't in the movie anymore. It's like, well, what the fuck was the movie going to be? How did you cut out half the cast? Maybe, maybe the next piece of news we're going to hear is that Amazing Spider-Man 2 is five hours long and they've cut it in half into two movies that will yeah. come out six months apart or something. Yeah. Be nuts. Yeah, that's just so weird, like, I, having that news come out after, like, you know, oh, there's going to be it's going to be a quadrilogy. Like, it's, I can actually, though, that kind of contextualizes some of that for me, that they must have been... Maybe that confirms that Mark Webb is interested in doing another one if he's cutting yeah. Mary Jane here because he wants to do her in the future. It indicates to me they have some plan for this character, which means those those movies they set release dates for are not just titles at this point. They probably have like, real ideas or something. Yeah, it's. I mean, it could still be that, but you know, this at least indicates be, the proximity of these news items uh, confirms to me on some level that there is a larger creative plan they have going here, which is what made Mark Webb feel safe to cut Shailene Woodley out of this movie. Yeah. And then maybe to set up some stuff for the next film. It would be crazy, though, if she gets recast. Just that we went through this whole process of casting Mary Jane, shooting her scenes, and then the world never yeah. sees her as Mary And then Jane. I'd be, like, super curious to see those scenes now. Like, 
I mean, poor... What was this weird, like, alternate reality where Mary Jane was in this movie, and then, like, she would have, like, this, like, ongoing career as Mary Jane in these movies? Poor Shailene Woodley had her hair red for, like, six months. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. Must be awful. No, not awful. I just think it's kind of funny, like, you know, it's it, that's got to be surreal, though, to shoot scenes for a movie... Especially a, like a movie as high profile as The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Where you are playing a character who is a household name. It's yeah, exactly. Knows. Yeah. And it's like, what do, you, what do you mean you cut my role, you motherfucker? I'm Mary Jane Watson, asshole! <laughs> yes, they will They will be recasting her with Kirsten Dunst for the next one. <laughs> like, but like it's, like, it's just Kirsten Dunst, Mary Jane Watson from the Sam Raimi movies who's come over to this, like, reality, this universe. I was gonna and say, then it's, like, really fucking creepy because she's, like, 30, like, like technically, and then he's still supposed to be in high school. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Mary Jane commits statutory rape with Peter Parker. Like, that's weird. Well, maybe that's what they'll do in, like, Amazing Spider-Man 4. They'll do, like, a trilogy with this, and then 4 could be a multiverse movie yeah. where, like, Tobey Maguire comes back and he and Andrew Garfield have to team up to fight two different versions <laughs> no, of Doc Ock. Yeah, to, you know, to fight the Sinister Six. Like, that's how yes. Spider-Man's able to defeat the Sinister Six is that he gets Tobey Maguire Spider-Man to come in and take care of business. I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah, so would I. Yeah. It would probably be terrible, but sure, I'd watch it. <laughs> Sam Raimi and Mark... stuff. Sam Raimi and Mark Webb co-direct it. <laughs> it's like... Every, like... like Mark Webb directs like, like, okay, you shoot this shot, I'll shoot this shot, and you shoot this shot. It's like they're just both there. It's like, you you direct the actor for this line, I'll direct the actor for the next line, and they just like trade off like every fucking yeah. thing. Co-directing is something I've never quite understood. It. Yeah, I don't know what that means. but <laughs> Yeah, in any case. All right, this podcast has gone on long enough. Yes, it has. Interesting pit of news. Obviously, we do not do two podcasts every week, but it's been a crazy couple months here. Yeah. So, again, we will be back on Wednesday, most likely, with a podcast reviewing The Last of Us. So, if you want to hear our talk on that game, make sure you play the whole game. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about some other stuff. And uh, we'll see you later. Yeah. Hopefully. I guess we could both, like, die before between now and the next podcast. And... Or, like, I don't know, like, the, the government could, like, they, like, are listening to our podcast and, like, they know about, they cut MJ. We have to take him out. <laughs> so that's so confirmed if you do not hear from us by next Wednesday we are dead yes or at least we're in Guantanamo so hope we're dead yeah hopefully